0: Yeah, it's an overrated, underrated Wednesday on Canucks Central. We'll get to some of your topics for us to debate in a moment. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned B.C. company helping local business since 1892. Getting a lot of uh, thoughts in at overrated, underrated. You can send some topics in, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Overrated or underrated, Denver as a city sat. Huh. Have you ever been? I've never been. I've been to the airport and just
1: ventured, ventured into town a little bit. Not a ton. I can't really answer that question. But
0: it's beautiful. Yep. A lot of mountains. Yep. I, I mean, I get enough mountains here. Yeah. You know,
2: yeah. So. Isn't there something, they have like a storm every day there. They do? So is that really? correct? I don't know. Every my, day there's one storm. My girlfriend went there for a week and she said every day at a certain time there was a storm and maybe it wasn't Denver. Maybe I'm thinking of somewhere else. But I believe it was Denver. Every day there's a storm and you kind of prepare for it and then you go about your day after. I thought that was Florida where
0: like every day around 5 o'clock you get like a 5 minute shower. Crazy like... Thunder shower, sort of thing, and then it's over.
1: Yeah, Florida is like that. Like, not every day, but very often. But you don't worry too much. Like, oh, yeah, it might rain. You stick just, you just yeah. your
0: five minutes and then 10 minutes, and then the sun's back out. Back out again. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very um, temperamental. Uh, I was going to say the storm that is happening in Denver is uh, the BS storm from Russell Wilson every day. Oh. Oh. Good one. <laughs> overrated, underrated. Dan's jokes. Overrated. Uh, definitely overrated. <laughs> definitely overrated. Uh, producer Josh Elliott-Wolf, what do we have on the docket uh, for today's overrated or underrated?
2: Uh, so the first one in reference to yesterday's conversation comes from Molduzzi. Keep- I believe it's Mulduzi. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, keeping JT and moving bow. Oh man, I think I know what Sat thinks on this one.
1: Um, uh, it's it's underrated. Yeah, I mean we we talked about that yesterday. I mean I've been on that train for quite some time.
0: Yeah. Keep the best players, and it's novel concept. Yeah, keep the better players. People take that as a, a slight against Bo, but I mean, just look at the numbers, man. Yeah. JT is has has been the better player since coming. To Vancouver. He's essentially been a point of game guy since joining the Vancouver Canucks. Bo has been a lot of things for the Canucks, but he's not been a point-a-game guy. So I'm again, as we talked about yesterday, and if you really want to dive into that conversation, you could check it out on the podcast from yesterday's show. But for me, it essentially comes down to what the difference in value would be for either player. How much more would JT get on a contract than Bo Horvat? And two, the one thing that was kind of interesting that Earth brought up is Horvat's trade value may not be all that much less than JT Miller. So this is my
1: my this is my logical conclusion to it, and I've removed yeah. any emotion to it. Just the way I view it is that JT Miller is a better player than Bo Horvat. Yep. JT Miller is more likely to outproduce or outperform his contract or perform his contract to the degree you want than Bull Horvat. And Bull Horvat gets you pretty much the same return in a trade yeah. than JT Miller. So with that being you know, the unemotional logical calculus, that's why I would rather take JT Miller because you can still get that trade back. Now, the two other factors that come into this that are hard for us to figure out, the first one being, what is JT Miller's ultimate desire of where he wants to be long-term mm-hmm. and how does that align? And number two... What is your determination of the likelihood of J.T. Miller taking care of himself into his 30s? Yeah. And that's something you have to answer.
0: And uh, would Bo Horvat be willing to take a bit of a hometown discount to stay in Vancouver as well long term? Yeah. I think that could be a factor as well.
2: All right. Up next, Sat put this one out. Going to the theater to watch a movie. Oh,
1: man. Okay. So I'd say this was overrated before the pandemic. Really? Okay. Going back to the movies. And hey. I actually went and saw Jurassic World by myself on the weekend. Like It was it was, it was Sunday night. I was like, you know what? I just want to go watch this movie. I just okay. went down to Marine. Okay. Got a big uh, bag of popcorn and pop and sat down and watched the movie. Had a blast. The crowd was into it. You know, the movie's not great, but it was entertaining. But the crowd, you know, the audience was into it. People, people are laughing and they're like, you know, they're reacting and all that sort of stuff. And... I've been to like a handful of movies now since the pandemic. Well, it's not over, but since things yeah. have opened up again, and I gotta say, I love the experience. It is so much fun being at a movie again and watching it on a big screen and taking in that experience with other people.
0: I uh, I may have to do that with Top Gun. I haven't seen it yet. Um, Thursday or Friday, I might just head down to the th- head down to the theater and watch it. It's definitely. I don't, I don't know about feel- like watching movies alone though. Really,
2: it's very I've underrated. It's, I've heard it's really great because, it's great. like, what do you you're, you're not, not talking talk. to someone in a movie anyway. Yeah, the true. only the only good part about going to a movie with someone is obviously spending time together. But yeah. on the way out, you're also like, oh man, we can talk about the movie. Yeah. 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 I mean,
1: it's, I mean, it's 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 more fun going with somebody, right? Yeah. Like, it's better experience if you want to go grab a bite to eat or have a drink afterwards or just talk about it, hundred percent. But it's an underrated experience if you really want to go watch a movie one night. And nobody – you can't you can't align – you can't line up somebody to go with or you, you're your partner's busy or whatever. Like, don't be shy to
0: go alone. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Like, you, you take it in. I've always been a fan of going to the theater. Uh, so, for me, it's definitely underrated. But now this has me thinking, like, okay, so you would go to a movie alone. Yeah. Uh, I, I even feel uncomfortable going to a restaurant alone.
1: Well, it depends on where – I mean, you can go to – if you sit at a bar at a restaurant, it's okay. I mean, if yeah. you traveled before and stuff and you're yeah. alone for work or whatever – what are you gonna do? Sit in your hotel room and eat all night? No, I mean you go sit at the bar and eat. You know, fair enough. Uh,
2: up next, Eddie Lack sends in. Not not Eddie Lack. Overrated or underrated? <laughs> Eddie Lack sends in the
1: Premier League overrated or underrated? I, that's that I, I can't be. I mean, I love you, Eddie, but come on, it's it's underrated still. It's the best league in the world. How is it
0: underrated? Nobody underrates the Premier League. It's overrated. How is it overrated? Because. It's not. Uh, Come on. Like, what
1: league gives you as consistent week to week action and intrigue as the Premier League? Come on. Nobody does. It's the only
0: league that's, like, flush with money right now.
1: Well, there you go. (laughs) I don't care how you get there. You're there. Yeah. And it's the best league. It's, It's the best soccer league in the world, bar none. No questions asked. I have no time for anybody saying otherwise.
0: How many sheiks can just come in and like you know o- o- outspend matter. everybody? That's that's the Premier League mantra now. Yeah, I, look, I don't know. Hater's gonna hate. I've I've obviously always been a Serie A guy. <laughs> Shout out to my league, Italian Serie A. And you know what? It, as much as the Premier League does have a strong product, it's got some of the better teams in the world. Manchester City outspends everybody. They've got Erling Holland coming in now, and Manchester United has been a great train wreck ever since Sir Alex Ferguson left. Okay, so what league is more same intriguing? for Arsenal? Come on, what league is more intriguing? Just, you know what? I've always hated the Premier League style of play.
1: That's you just hate the style of play. But as far as the league itself goes, what league is more competitive? It's not Serie A, Major League
0: Soccer. <laughs> 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 yeah, Apple TV
1: for ten years.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, you're right. Like from a competitiveness standpoint, uh, the Premier League now goes like five, six teams deep. Mm-hmm. Right? No, no other league can do that. No other league can say that. At the same time, Manchester City has won four of the last five Premier League titles. So. Yeah, and they they're can't probably win the going to win the
1: next three. No, but Chelsea's like, won the Champions League. Okay,
0: but if it- the Premier League has so much parity as you say, mm-hmm. why does Manchester City win basically every year?
1: Well, I mean, why does Tampa Bay win three in a row potentially? I mean, like, come on. Like, There are dynasties that happen. Liverpool's not that far off. They almost won it this year. And, you know, Chelsea right now is not there, but they're going to make a push. Mm -hmm. And we'll see if, you know, United gets his act together at any point. I I mean, Tottenham's not going to do it.
0: no team in the... Maybe Newcastle with their new ownership. Well, they're trying. I mean, they're trying to outbid the big clubs right now. But as much as other teams in the Premier League spend, nobody spends like Manchester City. And I don't think other teams will be able to keep up with them. Liverpool has done valiantly well over the last few years to keep up with Manchester City. It's not going to continue because they're never going to spend the same way that Manchester City does. So, I think your comp- competitiveness, your competitiveness <laughs> argument is incorrect.
2: The confidence <laughs> argument. Just uh, see
0: reach waving around his head. Yeah. I don't know where this pencil came <laughs> from, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, Pointing it angrily
2: uh, to get my Chris point across. Live golf, overrated or oh,
0: underrated? Oh man, this is so overrated. I,
1: I, you know what? I think the concept is very intriguing. Three day tournament instead of four. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a champion, and you have teams that get drafted. I think it's for ways to get the casual fan interested and in different ways of ways of engaging what you're watching and outcomes. I love the concept of it. Yeah, I don't like the backing of it and just how they've gone about it. Like I'm not, I don't want to invest my time watching it. I'd rather watch the PGA. But the concept of it, I actually find intriguing.
0: There's some interesting rules and you know the, the the things that they're trying to do to make golf more consumer friendly. Sure, the backing of it is is hard to deal with. Mind you, we were just talking about the Premier League and Newcastle's new owners. Who are they? The same guys that are running the Live Golf Tour. <laughs> there you go. So the Premier League has welcomed them in with open arms as
1: well. But then, and then, like they you know, they kicked out Abramovich. Yeah. Which, hey, listen, I- I'm not sitting here and defending anything going on in the Ukraine Russia conflict. All I'm saying is it's very arbitrary sometimes. But yes. the point being, though, there is a risk that down the road, Newcastle's owners may be ousted out of the Premier League because now the precedent has been set yep. based on. You know geopolitical events
0: so with the live golf tour there's a couple of things that i just really will never get over okay and rory mcelroy said it this week after winning the canadian open and shouts to rory because i love him you know last week he said last week that meant something the canadian open means something it has a history it's meant something for a long period of time and it means something to me it's why i go play it all the time the live golf tour means nothing It's just money, you know? And yeah, the PGA Tour is that to an extent as well. The only difference is it has heritage. It does have heritage. But also on the PGA Tour, you are playing to make your earnings. You don't finish well, you're not making a ton. You're taking one of those you know, $5,000 big checks like Happy Gilmore does. (laughs) Live Golf Tour, everybody's getting paid. Doesn't matter if you finish seventieth or you finish first. Yeah, you might make more if you finish first, but you're still getting a huge chunk of guaranteed money because you're playing on this live golf tour. Like, I I don't get it. Like, what are you what are you playing for on this live golf tour? It's like an exhibition event. They get like playing a bunch of friendlies in the middle of the U.S. for for European soccer teams.
2: But I would say, as a lesser known golfer, I'd be like, oh man, I can get. Guaranteed pay? Oh, hundred percent. But there is some
1: absurdity to, to that point though, I would say, Reach, because other leagues pay players' contracts. Yes. They're essentially paying you a contract based on appearance. Fair. And then the rest is based on performance. So I mean, I think if anything, it like I do like I don't think that's a drawback of, of the league. The Got fact it. that they have a base minimum you get paid, that, that's what it should be. I mean, you're, you are have the best athletes in the world. You're trying to attract the best athletes in the world. Why should somebody not get compensated just to show up? There should be a baseline of compensation. I don't disagree with that notion.
0: I, uh, one last thing I'll say on this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're very passionate about it. The PGA this. Tour needs to implement one thing. A live money tracker on like the 18th green for every golfer as they finish you know and if a guy like three putts you just see his money like going down like crazy that's a great idea that's a great idea like hey he was supposed to earn (laughs) 700,000 now because he ballooned and got a snowman here on 18 he's making 35
2: that's so sad
0: (laughs) three putting that hole
1: cost the guy 1.2 million
0: yes like please I would hate to
2: watch that (laughs) but also I would 100% watch it uh, up next pin Sweden and Italy as vacation destinations uh, I mean I, I,
1: as much as I love Sweden it would be an overrated summer destination if you're traveling far like go mm-hmm. somewhere else in Sweden um, <laughs> I love Sweden but I'm just saying like if, if you're traveling from Canada yeah. from Vancouver or if you're going somewhere if you want to spend a few grand and travel yeah I, Sweden wouldn't be what I would suggest now it's not bad I'm just yeah. saying overrated as a travel
0: destination uh, I, I mean I've I've been in a relationship, very happy relationship for a lot of mm-hmm. years. Been married for almost three. Uh, but I, I will tell, like my single friends have said, Tinder in uh, in Sweden is quite good. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> so I'm just, I i don't know if that's a determining factor for you, but I'm trying to th- think of something that might, you know, highlight <laughs> Sweden's um, positives, advantages. Because there's no way I'm choosing Sweden over Italy as a vacation destination.
1: I have so many things, (laughs) and questions, (laughs) and comments, and none that can be expressed here on radio.
0: Uh, Italy is so overrated. Italy as a vacation destination. There are certain parts of Italy that are overrated as vacation destinations. Yeah. Because the super touristy parts... Being in Rome in the summer is not fun. There's just too many people. You go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, you get your stupid photo, and great, uh, you got your Instagram photo, but are you really having lots of fun? But I say, if you're going to Italy, and if you do this in any country, like, really try to venture away from you know what Google is telling you to check out, where you're going to get the same Instagram photo that everybody else has, Like, go and actually experience it. Just walk away from, like, the main areas and go to a hole-in-the-wall restaurant and try that. Because I'm telling you, your experience will be a million times better than just doing what every other tourist is doing in Italy. I will say, in
1: general, travel in Europe, if you're not spending a ton of money, like, if you don't have the resources to get the best accommodations and stuff, is generally pretty overrated unless you're young and you want to want to go backpacking or whatever you yep. want to experience things but if you're a bit older and you have like a family and stuff like it's not always clean <laughs> it's not cheap you can get around really easily and stuff but just because they may be more progressive as far as rules and laws certain cultures are not that progressive so I, I just say like you gotta be very very careful and prepared when you go to europe it's not just like this fun utopia you show up and you have this amazing time
2: I've heard going to France kind of sucks <laughs> because you go to Paris and they just hate tourists. Yes. So uh,
0: Italians aren't much better, to be honest with you. If you don't, if you don't try to speak a little bit of Italian with some Italians, like they will. Uh...
2: I feel like that'd be worse though. Yeah.
0: They... <laughs> and uh, oh, there's a lot of things you shouldn't do, especially like don't order a cappuccino at three o'clock in the afternoon. please. Yes. Just save yourself the headache.
2: Okay. Uh, from the text line, I think it's unsigned. Overrated, underrated Toronto as an international city.
1: Okay, I, I, I understand there are a lot of tears yes. coming from Toronto because, oh my goodness, they may not get you know more than four matches at the World Cup, and they're very, very salty about it. They will not get more than four matches no. because Vancouver is getting sick. That's what Dan Riccio, and by the way, I was going to say, I mean, we've been waiting this long, insider Dan Riccio. <laughs> Dan Ricci scoops. Like he, he had the biggest scoop in the Canadian sports Seen today. And we didn't get to talk about it until now 451. We should have brought it up earlier, I guess. But but yes, Dan Riccio broke the news today that Vancouver is getting six matches.
0: Yes. And you know what? Vancouver is a better city for it. Mm-hmm. Vancouver has a lot of things. Um not even just from what I heard and my sources on this, but just think of it logically. BC Place is a bigger stadium, it's already hosted a World Cup in twenty fifteen to rave reviews yeah fifa like did everything possible to make sure vancouver got back in as a host city even after they bowed out in what 2017 Mm -hmm. from the process Uh, everything led to vancouver really being a big part of the 2026 world cup and um i'm confident in saying that uh, they will that we will get mm-hmm. six matches here in Vancouver for 2026. I mean, it's, it's amazing the fact that Vancouver is going to be a host city and the fact
1: they're getting six matches. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a far better city. I mean, the point you made earlier is, well, as far as having a stadium, being on the West Coast, which I think does matter on the time zone. And Vancouver, as you mentioned before, too, has a history of the Women's World Cup where Canada matches had like over 50,000 fans. Yeah, Great atmosphere. They handle it well.
0: And... And to all those people giving me the the BS of like, oh, well, how come Canada only had like, or Vancouver only had 15,000 people at the Curaçao match the other day? How could you, how could you, how could you overlook Toronto and give matches to Vancouver after that debacle? It's like...
1: No, and and the people that that perpetuated that propaganda, and I'm calling it propaganda, guys like Garrett Wheeler on the call, on the radio, on, on the TV call, when Canada was playing here at BC Place... Yeah. It was complete BS. Absolute garbage. When you when you cancel two matches, one against Panama and the first one against Iran, and the Iran match had over 40,000 tickets sold, would have been sold out most likely mm-hmm. if that game would have gone ahead. Had you set up another match with another opponent who was respectable and yeah. considered a draw, it would have been sold out. Yeah. And we would have been sitting here talking about what a great crowd. Look at Vancouver embracing Team Canada. It's not Vancouver's fault. They didn't get qualifi- qualifying games earlier. Yeah. And after you screw fans for two matches, you have the audacity to blame the fans. Give me a break. And you have morons that listen to this sort of stuff, and they go on social media. It's like, oh, you, it's like you know, that's that's the problem I have with yeah. it. Have the courage, and I say it again, to call out the principals and not the fans here in BC and have morons buy into
0: it and think, oh, it's Vancouver's fault. They only have 16,000 fans. Uh, the match against Curacao was not going to sell out anywhere. I'm sorry. It's not, like, that match wasn't selling out in Toronto either.
2: So just throwing that out there. Uh, last one from InfoKid. Whistler, overrated or underrated? Man, people aren't going to like me saying this, but uh, overrated. That's tough. It's tough. <laughs> I, it's it's underrated. I don't know what to say.
0: How is Whistler underrated? Like, who, who underrates Whistler?
2: You, you pay a decent amount to go there, but I That's think part there's, of the problem. A, there's a
1: lot to do there. It's not overrated. The experience of it. Because there's so much you can do. If you go in the summer, there's so much you can do in the wintertime. But it, it, you have to be active. If you go to Whistler, you're just going to hang out in the hotel room and walk around a little bit. Yeah, it's overrated because yeah. what are you doing there? If you want to do that, don't go to Whistler. It costs a lot of money. But if you're ski or snowboard, or you go, you like hiking or sn- or it's mountain, mountain biking or you want to go canoeing or... You know what? I think uh, you can uh, go White to... White River
0: ra- rafting is a lot of fun. You can go to the Swiss Alps in the winter and spend about the same amount of money that you would have to for a week in Whistler. Yeah. That's, like, that's why Whistler is just a little, and it's similar like Aspen, too. You know, it's just the the value just isn't there. It's such a uh, expensive adventure if you want to ski in Whistler.
2: Yeah, I would say ski and snowboarding in Whistler is overrated, but Whistler as a whole underrated.
0: Oh, like, I still love it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but... Like I said with Italy, heck, I even trashed my own country, my home country of my parents. Um, there are certain parts of Italy that are overrated as vacation destinations. There are certain parts of Whistler that are uh, overrated.
1: I mean, I it all comes down to money as well, right? And that's one, one of the things about Europe in general because it costs a lot of money. I mean, you say Swiss Alps, but it's not cheap flying out there. No. No, definitely. The accommodations might be cheaper there, but getting there is going to cost
0: you a lot of money. <laughs> uh, all right. It's uh, overrated, underrated. We do it every Wednesday. Uh, it's always one of our more downloaded podcasts. We do appreciate you always supporting the podcast and supporting the show here on Canucks Central.